let me introduce you, your host on Let's Talk Podcast, the one, the only, Philip! Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. This is episode 134. I'm your host, Philip. And today we're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls. And today I have a guest joining me, Fred. Welcome to the show, man. Philip, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm pretty good. How about you, man? I can't complain. No one's listening. Things are going fine, man. Things are going fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, don't worry about it. Only maybe three people listen to this episode, probably. (laughs) Good to to hear. Well, hopefully we can get four or five. Uh, I'll invite a couple of my relatives and uh, we'll get it up there. Because, I mean, the bulls are roaring, man. There should be a lot of people wanting to listen to this. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and before we get started, how's the quarantine life treating you? Uh, it's going great. You know, I hate to, I mean, I want to say great. It's going about as well as it possibly could. I, I feel blessed uh, that uh, I have a job that allows me to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a, a teacher, actually. She's a teacher's aide, so she's actually working five days a week uh, with students. Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit more stressful, but, uh, you know, knock on wood, she's been healthy and the family's been doing good. So I appreciate you asking, but, uh, you know, I wish everybody listening to stay safe. How about for you? Things going well? I'm going okay. You know, it's, you know, I mean, everyone has a bad year last year, um, but, you know, hang in there. I have not become a zombie yet, so that's good news. <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, very good. <laughs> but now the Chicago Bulls, and we're going to talk about some of the, or a lot of the individuals in the first half of the season. Um, it was being a very fun season, or the first half of the season was fun. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bulls so far in the first half of the season? Well, I don't know how anybody could be really down about this team. I mean, they're you know, it, it, it's uh, it's right around what I expected. I expected the team to be right around five hundred, and realistically, honestly, I expected the team to have a five hundred or near five hundred last year. Uh, that obviously was uh, the big impediment for that. Thing was you know, Jim Boylan was a complete clown and, and just an unbelievably bad head coach who I think really hurt the team. When you get someone who's capable and talented as Billy Donovan in, you significantly, you know, set your fortunes on a better route, and uh, the Bulls have responded in kind. You know, obviously 13 of the 15 players were on the team last year, so it's good to see that Billy has put these players in a position to succeed. Uh, Zach Levine's having an even better year, showing improvements. Now, I just went through this on our Big Red Bus podcast with Doug Tonus, and we went through the grades, and one thing that really hit me was every player – with the, with the potential exception of Kobe White was, for the most part, every player in the rotation was playing beyond what I expected them to do. So they uh, they had an A or B grade. So, uh, you know, this is the kind of progress that you want to see from a young team, and this is a young team. And uh, every step that, you know, leads towards contending, it doesn't happen overnight. I point to the Warriors, and I think 2012 had – Clay Thompson and Steph Curry on that roster. They won 22 or 23 games, I believe, and within three years they were world cha- they were world champions. So, I think it's going to be a similar route for the Bulls. Who knows where the ceiling is, but I think it's a uh, a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, definitely. You know, I remember last season I always expect to be the Bulls to be compete, compete, 
competitive last season, and uh, everything went south. But, but Jim Dolan, I like to call him Dolan, <laughs> Jim <laughs> Dolan as a coach for the Bulls, and the development was like a huge step back. We expect Lauren Martin take a leap, sack, even Sack Levine, uh, Wendell Carter, but it was went the opposite direction. Now this season, new front office takeover, Billy Donovan, and this t- before the, the first, well, actually the first. I remember the first few games of the season was like, oh, here we go again, blowout. <laughs> blowout, like, oh, don't tell me this could be another disappointing season. But then these kind of, you know, you can say turn around and let's talk about head coach Billy Dominic. What your thoughts on his first half, uh, the season, his first year, coach of the Bulls? Well, there's two types of coaches. You know, these coaches who build the system around the talent and there's coaches who build their uh, the talent around the system, force their talent to adapt to the system. He's uh, the the former. I mean, he, he sees what talent he has, and he'll create a system that's that talent, what they do well. I think the best examples in Thad Young, and look how much better he looks this year. Last year he was yep. relegated to a three-point role, which is not his strength. He had over 200 three-point attempts in a shortened season. He hadn't had that one time. Uh, he hadn't been over 200 once in the years that uh, he was at Indiana. He's not, that's not what his strengths is. His strengths are in the high post and, uh, you know, being able to facilitate for others to rebound, to play defense. And that's exactly what Billy has done. He's put him in position to succeed. I think he's done that with every player, only player. And two players, I think have kind of been put in a difficult position. Number one is Patrick Williams did well. But I, I just thought it was a huge mistake to start out the season with him as a starter. Um, they've been able to get through it. But, uh, you know, we say that. But the fact remains that both starters have been very inconsistent when healthy. Uh, we've, we're always in the hole. And I think, you know, you really didn't do him any favors by putting him in the starting lineup. He should have been coming off the bench like he did at Florida State, playing in the backups, build confidence. I mean, he's responded well, no denying but uh, I still think the Bulls would have been better off with having, let's say, Otto start the season in the starting lineup or maybe even Thad. Okay. You know, I think that's what it would have been better. Um, but uh, or even, you know, it, it's really it's a difficult you know thing looking in retrospect. But, you know, with the injuries. But I just thought that was a mistake. So that was the one mistake that he had. And also Kobe White's been really put in a tough position to be a point guard and. You know, it's clear it's not his natural position, and I think they were asking him to do a little bit too much facilitating instead of letting him play his game. I think in the last few weeks they've kind of uh, started putting him in position to succeed, a lot of more catch-and-shoot opportunities. So it's been a, a great deal of improvement from him over the last couple of weeks and less stress on him as a young player, just turned 21. So, you know, overall you can't complain, though. I mean, those are two kind of relatively minor mistakes. But overall, I thought he's done just an excellent job. Okay, and what what's the mid if you want to give out the mid season terms grades for um, Billy Donovan? What mid season terms grade you give him? I give him uh, an A, absolutely an yeah. A. Uh, like I said, those are only the only two mistakes that I highlighted. He's done an excellent job at sixteen and eighteen. The team's been very doing very well, so uh, I'm very ecstatic with Billy Donovan as our head coach. Okay. Yeah, I'm a tough grader. <laughs> That's why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give him like a B plus. I thought he was he's good. I mean, he's good, much much better than Tim Dolan. And you know, I'm I'm happy the way the players have progressed, slowly progress, progressing. And as you mentioned, like someone like Kobe White. And let's talk about Kobe White. He's playing. Uh, you know, this, he's not playing natural positions. He's better. He seems more comfortable off ball than on the ball. What are your thoughts on Kobe White this 
season so far. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think he's uh, you know really been inconsistent up and down, shooting 35.4% from three, 42% from the field. Those are numbers you definitely want to see higher for him. Almost at 90% from the free throw line, averaging 6.2 points per game. Uh, I think he's been really solid in terms of uh, improved considerably in terms of facilitating for others. Uh, you, you can see that's been an ask for him, averaging five assists a game in only 33 minutes. And I thought he's done pretty well in, in that in that um, in that area. Just facilitate for others or done about as best as he could, but that's not his strength. He's not a natural point guard. He's a combo guard. And I think the Bulls can have what Portland has with two really combo guards. Zach's more of a slash one, two, and same with, and same with Kobe. They can have success with that, but the key positions that, that three, then, you know, you really need a defensive stud uh, at that three position who can guard small, who can guard shooting guards and point guards. The Bulls don't have that right now. Uh, and I think that's, their biggest weakness really is at the three. They need a guy who's a little bit more, um, you know, it's more defensive three and D guy like a Mikel Bridges type would be ideal. And that's, that's really, to me, all, all, the only thing that's kind of keeping this team from really uh, elevating to a championship contender. I will say Garrett Temple's done a solid, admirable job, but his three point shooting is down considerably. He's down to 34% in the season. 42% overall for the year. But, you know, overall, I've got to go back to Kobe. Kobe, I think, has really started turning around lately. He's doing a lot better. Um, I'm pretty excited for Kobe White's future, and I think that uh, it's insane for the Bulls to consider trading him, as some fans have proposed or suggested. Okay. And what midseason turn grade you will give Kobe White this season? Kobe, I'd give him right now a B. I, uh, no, I took that back on the last show with the Big Red Bus. I gave him a C. I gave him a C. He's about met expectations. I think overall, you know, last year, if you look back at Kobe's year, he was incredible last 10 games that season, averaging 24-plus points, I think, and just incredible stats. But before that, um, it was really after the All-Star break that he really exploded. Before that, I thought he was quite inconsistent and honestly quite bad. This year he's been overall, I think he's had more good games and been more more consistent overall as compared to last year, but he hasn't really ever reached consistency in terms of where he was at the end of last season. So with a couple notable exceptions, especially the game in Sacramento, he was awesome. Uh, you know, yeah. So I think overall, slightly better when you look at the season in its entirety, but he still has not reached where he was in the last 10 games of last year in a consistent basis. I think he's been playing a lot better lately though. So I'm feeling good about Kobe. So I'll give him a C plus. C plus. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him a C. Um, like I, like I said, I'm a tough, little tough grader, but I'll give him a C. Um, he needs to go a beer by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that will help him. <laughs> yeah. Look a little older. Exactly. I like, yeah, I don't, I don't actually don't uh, mind at all. His, uh, his, uh, hairstyle or anything. I thought Kobe, uh, had a good, pretty cool look. Yeah. Same here. Same. That's, that's marketing too. Marketing potentially marketing too, right there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but now what? Now Patrick Williams and I was—I'll be honest—I was expecting him to be play off the bench, and you know, uh, in his rookie season, and I was surprised he was named as a starter since day one of this season, and I, I was happy with the pick. I'm impressed with the way he plays. He plays like, a, even though he's 19 year old and everything like that. What are your thoughts on Patrick Williams this season? Well, uh, he's definitely surprised me overall. I did not expect him to play this well. I mean, especially shooting the ball. 39% three, much higher than I expected. 47% from the field uh, and 60% uh, from the line. No doubt 
out of averaging 10 points per game. He's played better than I expected and put in a very difficult situation, in my opinion, you know, in, in, into the starting role, something he didn't do even in college. Uh, but it's clear the guy's got just incredible amount of ability, physical ability. I, I don't know how anyone could not be excited uh, about his potential future. I think a little bit his defense has been overstated, how good he's been this year. In fact, I thought his defense was quite bad at points or, to early, you know, start the year. There's no doubt about it. The Lakers game was a unmitigated disaster in the blowout here. I, if you watch the tape on that game specifically and, and some other, he really didn't. I, I, I thought he really struggled at times defensively, but he's getting better. It's clear in the last few weeks, every game. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a massively bright future ahead of him. Where he's going to end up, who knows? Um, but, you know, I'm still pretty excited. I wasn't as, as excited as everyone else seemed to be after the first couple of weeks, just in, 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 in as much that I'd watch a lot of the tape and I saw him doing a lot of – having a lot of mistakes. But he's 19. You got to expect that. That's what a 19-year-old is going to do is make a ton of defensive mistakes. That's why he shouldn't have been starting, right? But as the season's gone on, I just want to see him be – more aggressive on the offensive end. He flashes of that, flashes him jumping and, and attacking the rim a little bit more. And when he does that, it's really incredible and awe-inspiring. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, you got to see more of it. He's got to have a little bit more selfish attitude. You know, like, uh, yeah. oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy you. It just seems like he's too nice of a kid sometimes, you know. Um, but, you know, that'll grow. That'll, that'll come. He's only 19. He'll be 20 in August. So we got a lot of exciting years left for Patrick Williams. But he definitely looks like a keeper overall. And uh, it's definitely not going to be a bust. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And let me ask you this. People were talking about, before the season, people talk about, what truly position he played? He's a four? Is he a three? He's a combo forward? And so far we see this season, and at the start, before Lauren Markey got hurt, uh, he started at the three. Now he's playing at the four since Lauren Markey was out with the injury. Uh, does it convince you he can play at the three or he's more of a four or play both? I think he's definitely more four. I think that's where his strengths are. I think that's he's able to take advantage of the slower players. At the three, I think he's going to struggle against, you know, small threes laterally. I saw that Florida State. I saw it this year. Uh, huge, uh, huge Amura. He's gotten toasted a few times. I know people kept on talking about how great he was. Um, against Kawhi earlier this year. Kawhi's, I think, he had 35 points against him. His season high is 36. Like, he didn't do that great, you know. But, I mean, what, where I think he's really shined is in the power – when he's been playing the power forward position. I think he's really looked a lot better on both ends of the court at that position. So, I've always said he's a four. I, I think he is a four, and that's where his best position is, which is going to leave some issues for the Bulls to – uh, some questions for the Bulls to answer in terms of Larry Markin's future. When you bring in a guy like Patrick Williams, who clearly to me is a four, as he gets, it, it, that's where his strength is going to be as a power forward. You got Larry Markin there, who's really four-two power forward. Obviously, not as good as defensively with the defensive ceiling as Patrick Williams, but probably a better shooting ceiling. It's going to make a tough decision to make going forward. But uh, you know, definitely, I think the Bulls uh, are in good hands with our tourists making that decision. And what mid-season terms, Greg, you will give Patrick Williams? Oh, I'd definitely give him a B-plus, I'd say. A B-plus. I might have given him an A-minus. Just I, I, I thought he needed to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end. And I thought his defense was a little bit overrated to start the season. It's definitely gotten better as the season going on. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll give him a B, a B-minus. A B-minus. I'll give him a B-minus. Now, let's talk about Lauren Marketing. And I remember the beginning, early, starting with the season, who was like, 
being more aggressive. And he was being more aggressive. Of course, he was being in and out with the injury and not being consistent. Not being consistent. He's still inconsistent. And supposedly he's supposed to come back after this All-Star break. What's your thoughts on Lauren McKean so far this season? Well, he's only played 14 games, so obviously it's a big problem. I mean, when he, during those 14 games, it, for the most part, I thought he had a really nice season, uh, especially shooting the ball, which has always been, his, to me, his biggest issue with him, right? You know, the best three-point shooters in the league are going to shoot at 38% and higher. This is the first year I think he's over that number at 30. He was at close to 40%, 39.6% when he got hurt. Uh, but And he was averaging, you know, 19.1 points, doing really well overall. Couple of things I was disappointed in. I thought his defense was horrific for the vast majority of the season. Uh, he's still not thrown. He's got averaging less than one assist. That's not good. Uh, wasn't rebounding at an exceptionally high rate. And uh, you know, those, those are the negatives. The positives: he was shooting it really well. Um, you know, shooting, getting to the line occasionally, and shooting at a high rate at the free throw line. Uh, you know, so there was definitely pluses on the positive side. But big picture, team was nine with him. They didn't beat any teams with a winning record. Uh, you know, for, you know, they played 14 games. I don't see how you can look at the Bulls with Laurie Markkinen and without Laurie Markkinen and say, wow, is this guy important to the team? I mean, he's important. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it, the team's better with him in the, in the on the – excuse me, uh, definitely better with with him on the, in the rotation. I just don't know how you can pay a guy $25 million a year, which I think is what he'll potentially get when it's clearly shown that the Bulls really haven't suffered as much without him, right? They just haven't because you have some answers there. And Thad Young, Thad Young's a better, has played better overall than Laurie has, and they both play the same position. And Patrick Williams' is best, position, best position is the four. So you have answers at that power forward position, and, you know, Laurie's absence is, hasn't really resulted in the Bulls playing noticeably worse. Yeah, and – now, Laura Market will be a restricted free yes. agent this summer, and trade deadline is coming up in a few weeks. Do you see him possibly get moved? Possibly? I mean, I would seriously consider it. Yeah, I know there's a, a large contingent of the fan base that wants to see Lonzo Ball arrive in Chicago. I'm not a huge fan of Lonzo Ball. I mean, I do like his defense. I think he's you know a good passer. He's got some nice things about his game. He's just for his career, he's been a horrific free throw shooter. I don't trust any player who's a uh, a career free throw shooting is below 60%, which it was. He's having definitely a better year and recently shooting the ball at a, at a pretty nice level. Uh, but last couple of games before the All-Star break, he, he re- kind of regressed again. And I don't know. I just don't trust the guy. Um, I, I think Lloyd Markin is a better player than Lonzo Ball. I, obviously, they play different positions, but I just think he's a better player. And, you know, that's the only trade that really makes sense, right? Uh, because they're both going to be restricted yeah. free agents. The Bulls probably have a little bit more of a need at the point guard and as a guy to put pair next to Zach, and then Kobe could come off the bench. Um, who, when I, I think he could absolutely, you know, succeed in that role. Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough, really a tough question because you know, Laurie. The question I think you have to ask yourself is how much is he going to make in the offseason? Who is there going to be a team that's going to offer him twenty five million, twenty million dollars? I'd give him twenty, but there has to be a point where you're going to say, is he really worth this much? Right. Right around 25, 26, 30 million a year. I don't think Laurie's worth that much. And, uh, you know, so if somebody's going to offer him that, aren't you better off getting something in return for him? And I think it's clear somebody's going to offer him that. If he comes back and he keeps on putting up 19 points a game, shooting close to 40% from three, there is absolutely a team in the league that's going to offer Laurie Markin 25 million a year. 
and maybe even more because there's not a lot of great free agents this offseason. So it's a tough call. It really is. Um, yeah, because I, I do like Laurie. I mean, this year I've just kind of had it with him always being out. And, you know, I don't like his defense this year. I thought his defense has been horrific. It's, But I also understand the value in, in having a big that can shoot like that and pulling out guys and creating space for Zach Levine and Kobe White to attack the rim. I, if I were in the bull of shoes, I would seriously explore that Lonzo Ball trade. It's one of the few that makes sense to me. Um, or also, you know, there's a couple other players out there. Kyle Lowry I like that you can bring him in and really make a run for it. Some of these vets, Harrison Barnes is another guy I really like that I think could fit in that position. And then Lowry is the only guy in the team who I'd probably say out of the core guys, and I define the core as Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, those four. And really, Larry would be number five. Larry's the only guy I'd consider probably trading out of that core. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the Bulls really. I hope maybe Bulls get something in return. I don't want to pay the guy twenty billion. I don't think it's worth that much to be honest with you. Twenty twenty five million. No. Well, it's not, um, it's not really a matter of what we but, think, though, right? Because I agree with you. Like I agree. <laughs> but when you see a guy like Bertans making fifteen million a year, Larry Markin's a better player than Bertans. You know, there's guys making that much money, and it doesn't matter what we think he's worth. It's what the market thinks he's worth. And the market should be telling him and his agent that he's worth between twenty and twenty five million a year. That's what he should be getting uh, based on the numbers he's putting up. Now, if he doesn't come back before the season ends, you know, who knows how hurt he is, but this is getting kind of ridiculous. Then obviously he won't get that much money, but at the age of 23 with those kind of numbers, he's going to get some money. No doubt in this market. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially, especially with not, uh, not much major players be, be a free agent this su- summer. There goes the 2021, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, now let's talk about Wendell Carter. Now, before he got hurt, he was uh, I feel like his defense has regressed a little bit this season. And then when he come back from the injury, he was playing well, offensively speaking. What are your thoughts on Wendell Carter this season? Well, I'm a, I'm a big Wendell Carter fan, uh, so I I know there aren't a lot of those out there, but uh, I think he's for 23, uh, 21 year old. I think he's extremely talented defensively. I think he's a rock solid interior defender he's clearly to me the best player on the team in terms of interior defense outside of Thad Young when he was out clearly showed uh, that the team couldn't guard anybody on the inside against bigger lineups I consistently hear this I really think it's kind of nonsense he's undersized and all this stuff like the whole league is going to a smaller smaller center and he, he absolutely is not undersized relative to where the league is going yeah he's he's Undersized next when he's guarding Jokic and, and Embiid. Well, so is everybody else. You know, you're not going to find anybody who can yeah. stop those guys because that's why they're both MVP candidates. I think he's a really just an underrated player overall um, on the defensive end. And he's really smart and rock solid to me fundamentally. And you see that in the, when he sets picks. When he, After he sets a pick, I mean, it's stuff that we go over with sixth graders that I see. I coach a, my son's sixth grade team. And it, you know, just guys, there's some kids that are really rock solid fundamental. There's other kids you can explain it to them a hundred times and they'll, and they'll never get it. Well, Wendell's one of those kids who just, one of those guys who just gets it fundamentally. He'll set a pick and little things like he'll open up to the ball. Um, he won't turn his back on the ball. Uh, I just think he's just extremely under defender. Offensively, he's maddening in that. I think he has a lot of offensive skills. Utilized consistently, not looking to attack the basket enough. 
I don't know what the issue is. But, uh, you know, you see glimpses of it, though, that he does have that skill early on in the Philadelphia game. I think overall he had a couple nice games on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think he's an excellent passer. I saw that at Duke, and and you see flashes of that here, too. I mean, uh, Wendell Carter, what's he averaging cis-wise right now? 2.3, uh, 2. which is actually more than Garrett Temple. It's one of the higher ones on the team, definitely out of our big. So, yeah, 2.3, fourth on the team, right, or fifth on the team in terms of the cis per game. So, I like I like him a lot. I mean, I definitely uh, – I will admit, and I'll agree, that you can criticize him for his play at certain times this year. You know, of course, he's injured again. He's only played 21 games. But, uh, you know, overall, I think I'm a big fan. Um, 20, he's played 23 games, excuse me. Overall, I'm a big fan, and I want – I definitely want to see Wendell to be part of the, the long-term future because I think his A, his his ceiling is uh, absolutely like an Al Horford type with a little bit more athleticism. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Wendell Carter – it seems like Wendell Carter and Patrick Williams is your future – front court and that has potential especially defensively and uh potential what are your thoughts oh uh, absolutely i'm really high on that on that duo as a potential future front court and uh i'll be extremely disappointed if the bulls at least don't give it a chance over the next two years i could see that front court developing into something special where you know obviously pat pat will really need to have a, a lot more aggressiveness in order to take that that jump and I, I think we'll see that next couple of years. But those two guys could be really something special defensively. Um, and, and as Pat will learns more, I think I think it'd be it's got the potential to be just an absolutely dynamite front court defensively. And what uh, grade you give Mendel Carter? I give him a B minus, just with the um, in in lack of aggression on the offensive side of the ball. But overall. Be, uh, defensively, I think he's been rock solid as usual. So I'll give him a B minus. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll give him a solid B. A solid B. I'll give him a solid B. Um, now, Sap Living played the best career so far this season. He was he was tremendous. And I thought he showed improvement on the defensive end. What are your thoughts on Sap Living? This yeah, season? he's never going to be a defensive stalwart, right? But, I mean, uh, stalwart – yeah. You got to be insane to criticize Zach Levine, you know, for overall for his performances this year. And the guy's clearly an A. Uh, he made the All Star All Star game. He's really brought it up another level. I know my co-host, on Big Red Bus, Doug Tonus, put it this way before the season. He was, you know, willing to trade Zach, and now he's like, I'm, I, I'm not willing to trade him. I think he should build around him. I was probably more. Levine than, than Doug was like I, I felt like he was uh, absolutely a guy that. You could trade him, but only if you really got a, a, a mother load in return. I think he's almost as close as you can possibly be to untradeable. At 25 years old, he's, he gets better every year, adds more to his game. Um, you can't just – you don't find guys who can score like that, right? And anywhere on the court, I, I kind of call him I, – I, I, I come again, compare him to, to Portland. I think he's a lot like Damian Lillard in that he could score anywhere on the court. Um, you know, he's got deficiencies on the defensive end, but improving, I think he could be really something special. You know, you just got to find another guy who's really to pair with him, the right star who, who kind of covers up some of his deficiencies on the defensive end. But um, I'm pretty excited about his future, and I think the Bulls are in good hands with him and whoever else they bring in to really take this team to the next level. Okay. And let me ask you this, but you know, he's, he's efficient. He's off the charts this season. I believe like 40 some percent behind the arc this season and field goal. 
I think fifty percent. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he's. Um, but yeah, Zach. Uh, Levine, yeah, he's at uh, for three point range. At three point range this year, he's at forty three percent, which is you know, just stellar. Fifty two percent from the field. Yeah, his true shooting percentage averaged almost twenty nine points a game. You can't argue with those numbers. Those are all star numbers, obviously, and close to all pro numbers. Okay, and is he, does he prove everyone that he's actually a maybe maybe not a LeBron superstar, but more like a a one B? Yeah, he absolutely can be. Like if you look at the Golden State Warriors, you know the team that won a lot of titles there. You know they had two guys in Draymond Green. Uh, you know. I would say Curry was clearly at that elite level, top seven player in the league, right? But, you know, they also had guys like Draymond Green. And, and uh, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, obviously Clay Thompson. Those two guys were probably top 35 guys. I'd put Zach Levine at a level above Clay Thompson right now and Draymond Green, right? So okay. is he top seven in the league? No. I think he's right in that 10 to 15 area right now. Um, but the thing is, he's improved. There. Like I always said, Zach Levine, I thought had top twenty-five potential. I didn't think he had top ten potential. Now I think he does. I think it's entirely possible that within two years, you could see Zach Levine being one of the top ten players in the NBA. I don't think he's there just right, right, you know, yet. Like I said, I think you can name ten players that you'd ra- probably rather have than Zach Levine. But he's getting close to that, really close. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. You know, I need to buy a sack of the Yeah, <laughs> go on Top Shot and get one of his uh, moments because it's pretty amazing what those are selling for. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, and you mentioned you gave him yep. uh, eight mice, correct? For this, yeah, okay, eight mice. I'll give him... No, I give him an A. I give him an A, not an A minus. He absolutely gets an A. I'd give him an A plus. Um, I'd absolutely give him an A plus, but... um. The the issue is just the turnovers and overall the defense is still, eh, just a, a, a tad, tad below where you'd want it to be, right? So, yeah, uh, don't get me started with those turnovers. Oh man, <laughs> how many times have we seen teams be turnovers? Zach Levine, Kobe White. Oh, that's really like a, like a high rate. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I remember the game. Who was the game? Seventy Sixer, I think. There were turn. They're like high turnovers. Um, I believe there's another one like they're like 20 plus turnovers total. Agreed. Like, that's, Agreed. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah, they need, they need to do a better job to care of the ball, man. Um, but now let's talk about we you mentioned about Dallas Young and last season, Jim Bolin used him very wrong as a stretch for which he's not a three point shooter. And this season with Billy Dominic, he know how to use Dallas Young. Correctly, he you know he was you know showing his playmaking ability, go the inside. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he's this? absolutely uh, um, a plus. It's really incredible where he's at. If you look at him at the age of thirty two this year, I think he's having his arguably his best season in the NBA. I know he's near career highs in terms of assists, averaging four point four assists in thirty minutes for a big man. Just so impressive. Uh, you know, sixty percent from the field. He's not shooting the three nearly as much as he was last year, uh, but you know that's because Donovan's putting him in position to succeed, playing him out of the high post, low post. Got a lot of one-on-one down low. Just do an incredible job, and uh, it's it's just awesome to see averaging twelve points in in just limited time in twenty-five minutes per game. 
it's just pretty amazing to think this is where Thad Young is at uh, when you compare to and contrast his, his season last year, how poor he was and how disappointing it was. Uh, it's just really great to see, and he's he definitely gets an A plus. Defensively, he's like our to me arguably our best player. In, in terms of, you know, he's leading the team in steals, averaging 1.4 steals per game. The guy's just an, just an excellent defensive player all around. He's a fantastic basketball player. He makes your team better. And I think trading him would, would cause a negative ramifications for this team to the point that I think they would likely miss the playoffs. That's how I think uh, he's been our second-best player. So moving him would really cause the, you know, disastrous ramifications. If the Bulls decide to trade him, you're better give me like two first rounders. That's how much he should be worth this season. What do you think? Well, it's it's funny you bring this up. Um, you know, I was looking around for like because you, you, I heard rumors. I had a couple of people on my show talking about uh, who are beat writers talking about that the, he would get a lot of criticism, kind of disguised in a nice way by Billy Donovan. And before the season, like guys like Larry Markin were just talked to and handled with kid gloves, which made me think. You know, it is possible they could move Zach, right? And what would be a good return, you know, before the season? Two number ones, yeah. I think now he needs at least three number ones and a player like an R.J. Barrett. And I look at a team like New York, the Knicks, I think they'd be just desperate to do that. You know, in order to get Zach Levine in New York, I think they would be – you'd have to demand a minimum of two number ones unprotected. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe a couple – um, so maybe two two number ones and two pick swaps overall over the course of the next four years, uh, and RJ Barrett would be minimum you would give up for Zach Levine. I don't even like talking about it because I, I I do you know I, I do have concerns that the Bulls maybe at some point would trade him uh, because if you're going to trade him, you have to trade him this season. To me, he's going into last year of his contract next year. If you really want to max out his value and get the most you can from him. Now is the time to do it before the trade deadline. Um, but I, to me, what a you better better be something like three number ones, two number ones, and a good young player like R.J. Barrett type uh, in return. I don't even like to talk about it, though. As I said, I do not advocate that. I'm just saying that's what you should expect in return. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Now, another fair who's been <laughs> injury prone, and I talk about Oda Porter, and what do you think of what are your thoughts on Otto Porter this season? So far? I, I I love Otto Porter as a basketball player. I think he does a lot of great things. You know, if he was right. healthy, he just just can't stay healthy. Um, it's, it's just so disappointing. I mean, he does so many. I love watching him play basketball. He's one of the guys you see just do really smart, intelligent things uh, that a lot of like coaches. When I watch the tape, I, I usually like to watch Bulls games twice. It's, that's how crazy I am about this team. Is you know, I watch it just. And then I'll watch like a coach version where I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find out where, so how did, what happened on this play? How did this guy get to that shot? And what, when you really start to look deep into a game and see who's making the right moves off the ball, who's doing really smart things, Otto unequivocally is always there. Um, you know, I just, I just think in like in the beginning of the season when he was healthy, there were so many times in games where, He'd make a really smart cut. He'd make a really smart pass, really high-difficulty passes. There's very very little he can't do on the offensive end. He's not like a particularly great ball handler, but he can shoot it from you know anywhere. A guy's fantastic. I love him as a basketball player, but he just can't stay healthy. 
And that's what just sucks. I mean, yeah. and you look at the stats this year, again, 40% from three. Um, you know, and he's just so important in terms of ex- stretching the floor. And he's a good passer. He's averaging 11.6 points the team, again, which would have been, you know, top double-digit scoring, scoring, you know. Just a shame he can't stay healthy. So I think this is clearly his last year with the Bulls. I'd be shocked if he's back next year, and I'm worried about his future and career if, if, if what I – what I believe to be true is that he's just having physical issues that could potentially jeopardize his career as a basketball player. Yeah. Do you see him? Do you see the Bulls possible trade him? Um, I mean, I just think it'd be really hard. He makes so much money that if you're making that trade, it's, you got to fit, you got to return commensurate salary. And I think it's going to be hard to make that kind of deal unless it's like a Kyle Lowry or you're swinging big, right? If, if you're swinging big for any trade, he'll probably be in it. But um, yeah, like, you know, all the rumors going on right now with Detroit. Yeah, maybe, but I, I just don't, I'm not really big on some of the trades that I've seen potentially out there. Um you know, Drummond, for yeah. example, with Detroit, and I, you know, they're both make similar salaries. I, I'd rather see if Otto can get healthy. Cause I think if you're making a playoff, if your goal is to make the playoffs and make a playoff run, I think Otto Porter Jr. makes your team better than Andre Drummond does. I really do. So you really have to have a deep and honest conversation where he's at health wise, because if your goal is just to bring in a guy like Drummond, who's not part of your future, I'd rather go with Otto and his expiring deal than Drummond and his expiring. Yeah, same here, same here. Now, <clears throat> now another Farron Temple, and I know some people were not too happy when they signed him uh, in the offseason, last offseason, but he was pretty solid. Um, his shot is being off, uh, set to be sire, but his defense being solid. What are your thoughts on Temple? This oh, he's season? been a shock and a revelation. That we got him for such little amount of money, and I mean, New Jersey's got to be insane for letting him go. I mean, he'd be perfect for that team bench, or you know, as a, as a to support the big three over there. I still don't understand why they let him go. He's pleasant surprises. His shooting has been, you know, atrocious at times for six, seven game stretches. But it, it's like outside of those stretches, he's been very good shooting. You know, so it's like it's up and down as a roller coaster in terms of shot percentage, but in terms of everything else as a basketball player, defensively, um, passing the ball, just making the right decisions, he's absolutely been a huge addition to the team, and it's a great move in, in our tourists adding a player of his ilk a ton about, uh, you know, our tourists' ability to find, you know, gems like that. So I'm pretty excited about Garrett Temple. It was a great signing. And it clearly, you know, he's a vet, you know, at 34 years old, he's not going to have much, many more years, but I think he's probably absolutely made a, had a positive impact along with that young and the rest of this young roster. Yeah. You know, it reminds me back in the baby bulls area with Eddie Curry, Tyson Cheddar. We got these veterans making pets like Antonio Davis, Otala Harrington. Remember those guys? <laughs> and now with Tempo, now this is just kind of remind me with Tempo, who's a good in the locker room, kind of impact with the young guys showing improvement. You see him talk to Wendell Carter in the court, you need to be aggressive against that one game I forgot against who I think it might be against Indiana or something like that. What, are your, what do you think? Could you repeat the question one more time? I'm sorry. Like, oh, uh, 
uh, I was saying that, you know, back in the, I remember the baby bulls days that Otella Harrington and Tony Davis were, oh. were, were their um, center in for the young bulls. Oh, that's there. a great Same comparison. Yeah, you got to have, you mean you're talking about the 0405 teams with Ben Gordon, Lil Bang, and Kirk Heinrich. You got to have those yeah. solid vets around yep. those teams in order to achieve great improvement and, and development. And that's why I'm constantly keeping these guys on to help a development and uh absolutely right you need to have guys like that and that was the problem with the you know the, the post jordan years is so many of those teams for three four years were trying to tank and when you have nothing but young kids on a team they develop bad habits they don't learn how to play in the nba they don't know what it takes to succeed you have to have good vets and that's exactly what that young and uh garrett temple serve as and the auto border too to a lesser extent yeah Definitely, definitely. Now, now I forgot to ask you what's the grade you would give for Porter, well, Porter and Temple. Porter's an incomplete. So he hasn't played enough, right? Um, you know, he's played 16 games, but overall, just you know, just so, so disappointing. Um, I, I probably, I if in the games he's played, I'd give him probably an A minus. I, I thought he played well in those 16 games. Um, and then the what was the other one you asked? Who, who else was it? the other one you asked about? Temple, I give an A. Temple? He's absolutely Temple? relative what I was expecting. A, okay. an a or A minus. Okay, okay. Yeah, for Porter, man, he's just not being healthy. I mean, he's being injury off a lot, lot of most time. I, I'll give I'll be nice. I'll give him an A. None none uh, none complete basically for him. You know, it's just that it's a bummer for him because I remember the season start, he was an impact for the team off the bench. I remember he was rebounding the ball well, yeah. shooting the ball well. Is that and Tempo, Tempo? Oh man, he's he's leadership in the locker room. It's just like one of those little things. It may not show on the statistic wise when you play on the court, but leader vocally, there yep. uh, I can't speak English now. Uh, leadership wise, you know, he was good. I thought I'll, I'll give him, I give him like between A minus and a B. That's you know, just me. Now another another veteran. Tomas, what are your thoughts? Uh, Sato, I'm not as big a fan of Sato as it seems like most of the fan base is. I mean, he's had a really nice year uh, for the most part stat-wise. You know, obviously he had some COVID issues, only played in 23 games. Percent from the three, insane. Um, yeah. People are, you know, he's clearly he's a, more of a natural average of 4.4 assists. But the thing about Sato is I always say is, yeah, he'll do great in the back because he's a backup. We saw what he did as a starter. He's not a starter. He's not good. He's not good enough to be a starter consistently. And this whole movement to start him ahead of Kobe White is still developing and obviously probably not as good as Thomas said now as a point guard, but he's moving in that direction. He's getting better, and I think he has a higher, much higher ceiling than Sato. Um, Sato is in the exact role he should as a backup point guard, stabilizing the second unit. Occasionally, if he's hot, he can close games. Um, all you know, he's he's doing a, a fine job, better than I expected him. Plus, but you know, I don't think he should be starting ahead of Kobe White. Hey Phil, I got, I, I hate to do this, but I got about yeah, I five minutes. I'm already past it with my family. They they uh, they need me to do some stuff around the house. So unfortunately. Okay, okay. Um, well, we'll fast forward now. We we talk about the trading line for the Bulls. What's the h- higher percent that any of these players will? Be any of the players going to be traded? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. What's like? Well, what what's the percentage of 
any of the players that most likely will get killed or not Boy, get killed. Um, I don't think he's – well, I think he's going to stand pat with the team as is. You know, I mean, I think there mm-hmm. moves, but I don't think anybody in the core is going to be traded before the – I think he's going to – and, you know, Thad Young, unless you get a really good offer, unless it's a late first round – even a late first round, yeah. rounder, I'd argue – that Thad Young is more important for the development of Zach Levine and helping this team make the playoffs. I would not trade Thad Young unless it is a first rounder, a late first rounder, and a young piece. Like Boston, I know, wants Thad Young. If you're going to give me a knee Smith and a late first rounder, I do that deal. If it's just a late first rounder, I'm not doing that deal because Thad Young shows up in Boston. The team's going to make the playoffs. You're going to be picking 23rd, 24th. And I just don't think it's worth it. You look at guys picked at that position in the draft, more often than not, yeah, you'll find a Jimmy Butler every once in a while, like once every 10 years. Eight out of 10 guys picked in those spots are rotation players or guys who are in the G League in three years, you know. They're not automatically making the team. They're not, not automatically ma- you know, going to be difference makers. I think that young trading him, the really difficult decision is the hardest, you know, to, whether or not to take him because teams I think are going to offer some nice pieces for him. But um, if they do trade that young, I think you can do irreparable harm to the relationship with Zach Levine, potentially, unless you're getting a, a something, something in return of really high quality that you could just say no to. Um, you know, you really, you really need him to be, it needed to be a nice return or else you're going to really hurt your relationship with Zach Levine. I don't expect them to make a move, though. Yeah, I don't. I think it, the move will uh, probably happen this season. Oh, Pat. Off season, yeah, because we're going to have – I know we're going to have cat space, a lot of cat space this, uh, this summer um, or this off season, I should say. Um, so I guess we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I kind of want Lorenzo Ball in a sense. It will maybe give it a little excitement, but I'll be okay if we stay packed. So we'll see. Um, now, it now one last question I want to ask you. The one question, and I want to ask. And there's a rumor. <laughs> there's a rumor going on that you and Mark are like Batman and Robin. There's a rumor that you're a Robin and Mark is. Are Batman. you kidding me? You there's no rumors going around that. Unless it's from <laughs> one of Mark's family members. I'm clearly Batman. Mark's Robin. I mean, he's a great guy. I, I think Mark's a fantastic dude. And, <laughs> Uh, very knowledgeable Bulls fan. I know I kid around with him, but he's a, he's a good friend, and and uh, I do respect his his knowledge. He's got some bizarre guys that he likes, like David Nwaba and all these uh, Ryan A. You know, just a lot of these try hard guys that really don't make a difference in winning and losing for whatever reason. Those are the guys he loves. But you know, I mean, no, nobody thinks that he's a uh, he's Batman. There's no way. I mean, I'm I'm Batman. He's he's Robin, <laughs> or you know, Commissioner Gordon. Maybe one of those two guys. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon, wow. You know, I mean, <laughs> wow. wrong with that? Commissioner Gordon's okay. a really solid uh, member of the Batman community, right? So, you know, that's what Mark is, but uh, he's, oh, yeah. he's pretty smart. I think people enjoy our, our back and forths, but uh, I swear, I, I think about 75% of his tweets are aimed at irritating. He succeeds uh, often. And then, in- <laughs> yeah, I enjoy your tweets and reacts. Uh, sometimes I'll like try to butt in and uh, <laughs> have <the> fun with it. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Especially your popsy stuff with number. Oh seven, come so. on, it's, it's right that. on target. Come on, <laughs> Phil, it's right on target. Oh. <laughs> well, but 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. but it's great talking to you. I think we talk about bulls this season. Um, it's fun. I'll be looking forward for the second half of the season. Right, and you're welcome that, to come Joel. back. Great talking to you, to you brother. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Always fun to talk bulls and uh, <laughs> love what you're doing. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk some more uh, comic book stuff. I love that stuff, too. So I like listening to that. It's always enjoyable. Okay, and all the best okay. to you, brother. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And before you go, yeah, yeah, just check us out on. Uh, yeah, I got two pods podcast. that I do. Uh, the Big Red Bus with the great one, the Podfather Doug Tonus. Check that out on all platforms. Uh, you just listen to the Big Red, the Big Red Bus Bulls podcast, or you can go to Chicago Bullseye, which I, I do a lot less these days, but that's just mine. Um, and it, I'm going to have a couple of cool shows coming out with use uh, with, with stars of Bulls Twitter. The next one's going to be uh, Gustavo who's another popular guy in Bulls Twitter. So, hey, I should have you on there once, Phil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds good, buddy. Let me know. Just let me know. Um, Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is PDH10. Let's Talk Podcast has a Facebook page. Give a like. Follow out the new episode, announce new guests, all that good stuff. Let's Talk Podcast is available from nine different platforms, which you can listen to all the episodes, including this episode, from nine different platforms, such as Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. Yeah, it's all online. Woo! <laughs> and, and the next Let's Talk Podcast is this Thursday, which is going to celebrate two years anniversary since I started, started this podcast. And anyone, well, I can only invite up to eight guests, but anyone is welcome to be part of that uh, this episode for this Thursday. So um, if you want, Interest, please DM me on Twitter. My again, my Twitter handler is pdh 10 Uh, so the next let's talk about is this Saturday with Eric, one of my old friends. We will talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, and also this Sunday, Chris will join, which we'll talk about professional wrestling, um, TV show, movies, and much, much more. So stay tuned for Sunday for this coming Sunday. So, um, is there anything else? One more to plug in, like follow, yeah, of course, uh, Chicago Bullseye. I want to talk about it's a CBE Fred as in Chicago Bulldog. CBE Fred is where you can follow, find me on, uh, on Twitter. And obviously, uh, always enjoying the conversations there. It's a great place to be on Bulls Twitter. Definitely, definitely. So, everyone, wear a mask. Please wear a mask and stay safe. And talk to you Same new brother. Have a good one, Peace Phil. Out, everyone. <laughs>